0: So how could I refuse? I see how much uh, effort and how much love and dedication uh, Sarah has uh, for her mother and how she's trying to honor her and she does so much for the community. So when she commands me and she says, you're going to speak at this event, and uh, so I do, as she mentioned, it's uh it's actually a weekly uh, session that we have here, thank God going on for many years now. Uh, we meet almost every Tuesday, again not such a crowd, but uh, Torrenty tonight is dedicated to uh, benefit the soul, I mentioned earlier Feige Bas Yoshua Chono Laufer, which is Sarah's mother, our dear Rebitson. And today is, actually uh, was uh, her 50 yard And we remember her fondly. And uh, we pray for her alias Neshama, elevation of the soul. May she be a Guta Beter and pray in the heavens for her daughter and family, for all of her offsprings, and for all of our community for blessings of health, success, and much nachas person is likened to a tree, Ki Eitz There are various kinds of trees. Some are fruit-bearing trees and some are not. Some grow very delicious and tasty fruit and some not such beautiful fruit. During the lifetime of a person they're like a tree which is growing full of fruit and branches. They provide delicious food and provide great shade. When they pass on, they are like a tree who has been uprooted and no longer bears fruit and provides shade. The fruits, of course, that a person produces are their good deeds and the families they create and nurture. If the fruits that grew during their lifetime are planted and they in turn bear beautiful fruits and grow beautiful branches, uh, then this is the continuous link between one generation and the next. To the merit of my mother-in-law, the beautiful fruit she produced is the best testimony that her continued influence and relevance as we remember her this evening. Of course, tonight is Chamisha Osor B'Shvat, the 15 days of Shabbat. I want to first, uh, before we go into the detail of the seven species, talk about the general celebration today. I'm not going to go into the technical things, where it comes from, Rosh Hashanah, why is it a Rosh Hashanah, why do we celebrate it, and how it came about to be. There are sources for all this. And if you have the time and you want, you can look it up. It's all on the internet. There is a lot of uh, written up, so you can find that. But today, I want to first mostly concentrate on the uh, general idea that we are celebrating today. We are celebrating growth. And it's done, interesting, on the 15th day of the month. 15th day of the month, of course, is the full moon. 15th day of the Jewish month, which is, the Jewish month goes by the um, by the moon. And it's interesting to note that most of our holidays that we celebrate are on the 15th day of the month, such as Sukkot is on the 15th day of the month of Tishrei. And uh, Pesach, Passover, is on the 15th day of the month of Nisan. And even Purim, for example, where we're going to celebrate next month, which also has both of these dates the Yard site, which is the 14th, and Chamish HaSebeshvat, which is the 15th. Purim is the 14th and the 15th, whereas in uh, most places it's celebrated on the 14th, but places that have a wall around them, like in Yerushalayim, they celebrate it on the 15th. So again, it's the 15th. Fifteens represents growth, because as it says, as when we do the blessing for uh, the new moon every month, when we go out, we make the special blessing, we say the Jewish people are, compared to the moon, they are destined to be renewed as the moon is every month. It starts with very little, but then it grows and it grows and it grows. The ultimate growth is actually on the 15th day of the month. But it's more than that, because while every holiday has its special significance, uh, Pesach, Sukkot, whatever that Purim, today we don't have any special... We're just celebrating growth for the purpose of growth in all areas. It's also interesting, today is actually the 11th month. If you start from Nisan, from the Torah, it's the 11th month. Now, in, um, we all know that there's 12 months to the year, and the 12 months correspond to the 12 tribes. And in the order of the tribe, the number 11 of the tribe, which corresponds to Shavat, that would be Yosef. Because Yosef was Yaakov's 11th son. Now, just the name Yosef itself means growth, means to add, means to make addition. As the prayer when Rachel had Yosef, she prayed, Yosef Hashem li bein acher, may God give me an additional son, because that was her first son. So, Yosef represents the idea of growth. The idea of growth is the idea that each one can grow and can reach greater heights. But... One of the uh, messages is that, number one, that we always have to stay connected. We always have to stay connected. We have to be grounded uh, into the ground. And a tree, more than just grass or vegetables or other things, which grows tall and is distant from the ground, that represents great growth. And it represents that even when you move far away from the ground... Because let's say, for example, you have fish that grow, they're in the water, but they're submerged. But here, the tree represents, no, you're not in the ground, you're out of the ground, your roots are in the ground. But you can really grow very, very high and very far as long as you stay connected. As you stay connected, then you can uh, reach and grow tremendously, both on a personal level Uh, on your aspirations, on your uh, connection to God, on your uh, emotional level, uh, on your strength, on your uh, trying to refine yourself. But a person can reach tremendous heights. And I think it's important to appreciate the fact that we need the ground to be connected. You know, if people that are just loose and aren't connected they're not invested anywhere and they just go from place to place it'll almost be like like the plastic flowers which don't really grow uh, the fake they're not they, you can move them from place to place but they don't grow they're dead you know they're just if to really grow uh, for people to be invested in their community to be invested in their activities to be part in that ground they're grounded in there And then uh, we can reach um, tremendous height. But we're talking about the moon, for example. So one could ask, it says, but, you know, the moon, okay, we're at the 15th, we're at the height. But what happens tomorrow? Tomorrow we start going down. It almost seems like uh, a contradiction. um, uh, We reach the height, but then once we're at the height, we're going down. But the truth of the matter is that in Judaism and in life in general, there's always a higher level. In other words, there's a higher cycle. So when a person really reaches the height and the greatest of the levels, never finish over there and say, okay, I feel like an accomplished person. I feel like I am reached full moon. I'm there, and that's it. I have nothing else to do. You know, people that know very little think they know it all. But people that know it all, know a lot, know that they know very little. So, when you really reach at a very high level, then you start realizing that you got to start over again. And just like the Torah, every year we finish the Torah, the next year there's a new level of Torah. We're not going back, but rather we're going in deeper and more so every month as we grow we don't just repeat but it's a different sphere we're going on a different level but the idea is that we grow and we are uh aspiring to uh be better to be higher to be holier to uh do better and we if we are grounded properly In our roots then um, then we will be successful but the topic was to discuss the seven species and um, which is Rosh Hashanah li'i lanot it's Rosh Hashanah for the tree so um, we'll talk a little bit about uh, a little bit about the different species that the Torah uh, talks about when it talks about the praise of Eretz Yisrael about Israel you know we're so quick to find fault a lot of times you know whether it's in, our, uh, in ourselves or in our in our family in our spouses our community we're f- very quick but you look at the torah the torah is always makes sure to speak of the praise to speak of the beauty the torah wants us to love israel not just because israel is a holy place the torah wants us to love israel and to understand and appreciate that Israel is really a beautiful, a very special land, both spiritually, but also physically. It's a physically beautiful place. And, you know, you know, they make a joke about uh, that, uh, you know, in Israel it's much better than in Russia. He says, why? He says, because in in Russia, they keep on telling you that, you know, the situation is going to get better, things are going to get cheaper, and there's going to be uh, more compensation for work. But, you know, they never keep their words, you know. <laughs> they never t- But in Israel, they tell you, you know, life is going to be more expensive, it's going to get more difficult, and they always keep their word. <laughs> <laughs> but all jokes aside, uh, I'm not saying, you know, a lot of people, you know, have, you know, hardship today in Israel, but... Uh, the Torah focuses on the beauty and on the special uh, growth and the uh, qualities of the physical of Eretz Israel. So let me read from you from the verse. Uh, when the verse discusses about the beauty of Eretz Israel, it says, mm-hmm. Ki Hashem melokecho meviyacho El Eretz Toiva, Eretz Nachlei Moim, Ayonis God is going to bring you, when God is promising them, He's going to bring you to a good land, a land that has wells of water, flows with rivers. They go out in the valley and in the mountain. And then the Torah specifically says Eretz Chita a land of wheat and barley. Then it says the Geffen Useeno the vine, the fig, the pomegranate, and then it continues, Eretz Zeis Shemen devosh, a land that flows with honey, with oil and honey. So you have two Species are the grain, that's the wheat and the barley. And then we have the five fruits, which is the grapes, the figs, the pomegranate, the olive, and the date. Because when it says the vash, honey, in the Torah, it's referring to the honey that comes out of the date, not as we are used to commonly today, the bees' honey. The Torah is talking about the fruit. These are the five fruits. Okay, so first let's see about the wheat and the barley versus the five fruits what's the difference between a grain and a fruit that grain is a necessity of our diet I mean that was before people didn't eat carbs but you know but in generally people in all countries they would sustain themselves on the grain a person uses grains to satisfy their hunger. Fruits are mainly used as delicacies. They are like the dessert that comes after the meal. So, the land of Israel, the Torah tells us, is unique and is special in both the essentials of life, the chita usoira, and also in the pleasures of life. And within the grain itself, the Torah mentions two: the wheat and the barley. There's actually uh, grain consists of five kinds. The oats, spelt, those are also part of the grains. But the Torah, there's five kinds of the uh, barley of grain. But the Torah uses the two, the two main categories, which is the wheat and the barley. Um, Wheat is considered to be more of a human staple. And barley is considered more as animal feed. Uh, we have it in many, many areas, even though people eat barley and they feed maybe grains, uh, wheat, to the animals as well. But generally speaking, uh, grain is more a human feed food, whereas barley is more an animal food. So, the truth of the matter is, we all have in ourselves a little bit human and a little animal, In both in our own self. We're actually, as the Talmud says, in some ways we're like an animal, and in some ways we're like godly, we're like Hashem, we're, we're holy, we have the intellect. So, a human being is made up of two souls, as explained at length in the Holy Tanya. It says, on the one hand, a Jew has an neshama, which aspires to connect and be close to Hashem through utilizing the human intellect and emotions in the service of Hashem. That's the godly soul within the person. On the other hand, there is the animal soul within the person, which is mainly interested in self-preservation, instant gratification. It wants physical and animal-like pleasures. So, those are the two souls we have. And the question is, which one do do we feed? The answer is Eretz, Chita, Usayra. We feed both. We have the wheat and the barley. A land of wheat and barley. Some thoughts some ideas, have it that you need to starve your animal soul and only take care of your godly soul and don't worry about uh, any of your human uh, physical needs and aspects, but that's not Eretz Some would say only feed your animal soul and forget about your godly soul, you know, just Take care of your physical needs and don't worry about your spiritual needs, about your neshama. That's not Eretz Yisrael either. Eretz Chito You feed both. And you give the neshama the tools to harness, to overcome all the obstacles. And you fuse both of your instincts together and you have the whole person in unison, serving Hashem. How do you accomplish to have this uh, beautiful uh, complement each other, the physical and the spiritual, not neglecting your spiritual because of indulgence in the physical, uh, not uh, neglecting your physical because of your desire to connect to God. How do you do that? How do you balance it properly? And for that we have uh, the other aspects that follow it. Because the land of Israel is both. It's the holiest place on the planet. One can study and grow to great spiritual heights. And one can really achieve profound spiritual connections and elevation to God. But it doesn't stop there. Israel is also the best place for all of our physical needs. It is a land in which we can prosper and reach the greatest, greatest successes, both materialistically and spiritually. This is as far as our basic needs goes, the grain and the essence of our life to feed the minimal amount what we need. When we do things, we don't want to just do them like out of a sense of we have to, we're forced to, we have no choice, it's a burden. When you do things because you have to do them, then you just try to uh, do them and get it over with, uh, you know, enjoy, you don't really uh, do it with excitement and um, and then the doing is not really fully doing it, you just uh, do it to, as they say, to be Yotza, just to fulfill your obligation and then you're I'm out of here. But Erz Yisrael is not just about the es- essentials, about the necessities so we have to do, like you can say Okay, I got to go to shul. It's Shabbos today. You know that story about my wife wakes me up one morning. and She says, it's getting late. You, you got to go to shul. So I said, ah, you know what? Today, I'm just tired. I'm not going to shul today. Okay. And I turn around. So she says, uh, it's 10 minutes later. She wakes me up again. She says, but look, it's almost time. To, they're starting the services already. You got to go to shul. I said, I don't want to go to shul. The people don't like me. I don't like the people. <laughs> I'm staying in bed today. Uh, and ten minutes later, she gets, says, and says, you got to get up. I said, why? She says, because you're the rabbi. <laughs> <laughs> so can you imagine that the rabbi has to go to shul because he has to go to shul? So how are the congregation going to feel over there? Is he going to be able to inspire them? Is he going to be able to get them involved in the prayers? Is he going to be able to get them uh, uplifted? The rabbi has to be uplifted himself in order to be able to uplift other people and you know carry them along. All of us, if we're excited about our yiddishkeit, if we're excited about what we're doing, it's not forced upon us. Then we do it with so much more kavana, with so much more uh, you know happiness, and, and 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 we do the much better, much better job. We don't just get it done. So we don't want to just have the barley and the wheat which is this necessity which we have to do we want some inspiration we want the wine in there we want the geffen okay the okay what is wine now wine makes you happy yeah but it also says when the wine comes in uh, when the wine comes in your secret comes out okay so, most of the time, when people think of a, a secret, they think of a, of a dark demon one is hiding in the closet so nobody else knows about it. You want to just keep it a secret, so not to reveal it to anybody. But the secret of the Jew that we're talking about here, the secret of the joy, of what is the secret? That is the special powers and abilities, that we have to take control of our lives. We have the inherent uh, powers. We have two forces, yes, within the person. But there is a way through Geffen to make sure that we win the war, that we are successful, and we're happy. And that, comes through joy, that comes through samcha, that comes through happiness, that comes through excitement, to being excited about it. That's the geffen. That's the wine that the Torah tells. That's the extra part of it. When you use joy in the service of Hashem, you are using the fruits of Israel. Those are fruits that you have. You're using the vine, using the wine, and especially the wine that has the strength to bring out your hidden, true essence of goodness, of love, and reverence, and connection, and yearning to Hashem. So that's the vine. I want to go through uh, quickly, uh, before I uh, overstep my time over here, I want to go through quickly just to mention a little bit about each one of the other fruits, and... Connect also very briefly with the uh, the different psukim. So then we have the next in the pasik is the teena, is the uh, fig. So what you what's specific about the fig? The figs don't uh, ripen all at the same time, which means that whenever you go to the fig tree, there's always a fig to uh, to pick. There's always it's never finished. It's always there throughout, throughout the season. They keep on growing throughout the season. So what is it equated to that every person, every Jewish person is like that fruit of Israel, is like that fig. Anytime you touch him, wherever you catch him, if he's in a good mood, if he's in a bad mood, if he's done you know a lot of good stuff that day, if he had a good day at home, if he had a bad day at home, if he had aggravation, but you touch him, you can always find something positive, you can always find a good fruit, you can always find the fig in there. It's always there to collect. Then you have the rimoin. The rimoin has all these pomegranates, has all these seeds in it. Uh, the verse says, in It means that you are like the uh, pomegranate and... Um, it says that it has some people say that it has 613 uh seeds in it but i don't know that's questionable if it actually if that's the case or not but nevertheless the, midst, the it says that even the people that are recording which means even the people that you think sometimes maybe you see people you look at them you don't think they have much value you don't think that you know there can make anything out of them you have a look at them, maybe everybody else has given up on them, and you say, hey, you know, the Torah tells us, no, look at the rim and the pomegranate. The pomegranate has so many seeds. It's so many, it takes up most of the fruit. You know what? Under that cover, under that layer, under the outside, there is a tremendous and a huge goodness and something to be developed. If you help that person develop, you'll find the goodness in them. Then you have the olive. Now, olive is also represents the Jewish people in a way that we know that an olive never mixes with any other, uh, any other liquid. If you put it in, it'll always go to the top. So no matter how much throughout our history, throughout our exile, people have tried to push us down, but we're like the olive, like the oil. It will, will always go to the top. But the other thing is also you know, sometimes we worry. Why we wonder? Why we squeezed? Why are we pushed so much? But it's like the olive. You know, uh, in order to get the pure olive, to go to get the oil, you know, you got to go through mitzrayim. You got to go through the gullus, and only then, once you're squeezed, then you actually reach and grow to a higher level. That's the idea of uh, the olive. And uh, then finally, we have the tamar, the date tree. The day tree is unique also in the sense, and this is all from the Medrash and the Gemara, from different places, that says that every part of the day tree is used. Uh, we use the lulavs we use for the mitzvah of lulav, we use the branches for the sukkah, and we also use the fruit to eat, which means there's no waste over there. There's really, everything is beautiful, everything is good. These are all the special fruits of Israel, all tell us about the special Uh, abilities and talents and capabilities that we have. But the main thing is that we have to realize that we are able to accomplish so much. We are able to do, achieve greatness, holiness, connection to Hashem. But most important, we do it all with simcha. We do it with joy, with happiness. We feel fortunate to be in the service of Hashem. We feel fortunate to have a beautiful family. We are thankful for everything we have. Instead of complaining, <laughs> instead of looking for negative, we look at the positive. And when we have the simcha, we have the geffen, then all the following fruits follow. And uh, we achieve greatness. We grow like the moon in the fullest blossom. And we have the success. May the memory of Fegetzippah, Bas, Yeshua be for a blessing for all of us. Thank you for listening. So much. Okay. Not now we have the spirit.